Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and this is Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. On today's episode, we are discussing the top five tips you can use to develop your own psychic ability. So stick around because you're not going to want to miss this one. So the top five tips on developing your own psychic ability, um, you know, I wish I could actually I plan to at some point <laughs> to write like a manual on how to develop your own psychic ability, because it's not as clear as most people think. And it takes a lot more effort than people realize um, for, for most people, you know, you'll have one or two um uh, psychic ability you'll have one or two psychic hits or psychic experiences and then you have an expectation or an idea that that's how it's supposed to be um but it really is a little bit more um involved than 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 you may realize there are a lot of books out there there are a lot of tools a lot of books a lot of classes that are available for people who want to develop their own psychic ability i created a class myself because I was taking courses earlier on and I was reading tons of books. I actually been reading tons of books since I was a teenager. I mean, I remember going to school with my psychic development book and I'd be sitting there in class and every free opportunity I got. And there were some days where literally the teacher, there was no teacher, there was just a sub um, or there was just some, you know, the teacher just didn't care. So we would sit in class for the, the period and there was nothing to do. So I would sit there. And I would read my my books um, by John Edwards, Sylvia Brown, uh, James Van Proth, um, a whole host of other people who are now considered legends in the psychic uh, community <clears throat> and the mediumship community as well. Um, but it, it, there's a lot out there that you can read, that you can get your hands on. Um, I remember going to a meetup group in the earlier days where I, I just went, sat in the group and was led through some exercises with the teacher and I had some of my very first real psychic experiences during some of those meetups so for me there are a lot of different ways you can develop so it's it's not like there aren't enough books out there but personally I feel based off of my own experiences in developing that a lot of the stuff out there is pretty much the same and what um What the stuff out there typically tends to cover is special meditation techniques or visualization meditation. Um, Many times it's about um, focusing on one particular psychic skill um, because there are several. There's uh, like five, there's six psychic senses. Um, There's, yeah, there's actually, there's more than six. I believe there's, there's several more than that. Um, But the most common ones are the ones that people know about. Um, so it, it just depends on which one you're more developed in or more um, uh, stronger in, I guess, per se, because everybody has a preference. I was a natural empath. I just naturally sensed emotion and connected with people on that level. Uh, most people, you know, they tend to lean more towards the uh, clairvoyant ability where you kind of see things with your own psychic eye or your your mental eye there's clairaudience clairsentience uh, which clairsentience which is the empath part of it um clair um gustance which is like using the sense of taste in your mouth or tongue um and there's a couple of others so um there's a few and it just depends on what you're strongest in but i honestly don't don't really believe in 
focusing on just one because I think everyone can develop all of their psychic skills. And I think if you're strong in one area, by all means, that should be the starting point. But you, if you start to focus on a strategy, you can develop all of your skills and you can get pretty competent in every one of them. Um, you might be a rock star in one, um, but you, you can be pretty equally matched in every single area of your psychic abilities. So I, um, for me, empathy was my starting point. And then once I began to understand psychic phenomena and my ability, then I started to kind of focus more on clairvoyance. And clairvoyance, I think, is the, the most popular one because most people want to see something. They want to experience some visual um, ex- visual form of psychic ability. And I think that's because most of us want to see something. Like we want to see something and know that it's real because we base everything off of our physical senses. Um, so if I see it, then I, it's real. And I think that's why, uh, clairvoyance is the most popular because people are expecting or anticipate seeing something that's going to validate or prove to them that what they're sensing is a real thing, that there's something behind it. Um, a lot of people who get into developing their psychic abilities, it's, it's more of a idea that there's a magic pill. Um, I I had lots of people reach out to me, email me, message me, et cetera, asking about what one thing they can do or that they had this psychic experience and they kind of, they get too caught up in that one experience um, or they have this expectation that there's a magic psychic pill they can take that is going to make them exceptional at using their abilities, is going to make them proficient at being psychic. And so they can be psychic about everything and everyone. And that's so not realistic at all. Um, I Even I, I mean, I have been developing and I've been refining and using my psychic abilities and skills for many years now. And although I have come a long way from when I first started, it's not like I'm psychic every moment of every day. I think my brain would blow up if that were the case. Um, When I'm working, I'm on and I'm intentional and I'm sensing when I'm not working, I'm not sensing very much. I'm, I'm pretty shut down um, because it's 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 overwhelming. It can be really intense. Um, there's a lot of information that is going through your mind. There's a lot of information that you're processing, a lot of data that isn't always going to make sense. And I really don't want to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week trying to process and understand everything that is going through my mind. That's a lot of work. Um, I have a a designated time and a designated place where I'm psychic. Uh, Now I will have psychic hits or moments where I automatically switch back on. And it's usually because I've become intentional in wanting to understand like what's going on behind the scenes or what's going on behind the situation that I'm encountering. Um, Sometimes that happens a lot when we're watching movies, when we're watching TV, there's a mystery going on. My psychic ability switches on and then I start to sense details about different parts of the storyline and things that may come up that don't end up, you know, that, that aren't being, um, obvious. And my partner's usually like, how did you know that? Or how did you, you know, it's so funny even here to this day, um, because he's such a skeptic sometimes when I'm seeing something or I'm, I'm sensing something and I tell him, he's like, how did you know that? I'm like, hello, like, you know, I do this really <laughs> right. So sometimes, um, it's funny that people are still um, surprised when I send something or, or get a piece of information um, that I just couldn't have known. 
And they're like, how, how, you know, it's like, well, I'm not just walking around telling everybody that I'm psychic and having a, doing a living with this all these years for just the hell of it. Like I do have the ability to sense more deeply because I've been spending quite a bit of my life focusing on developing it. So there isn't like an, a magic psychic pill. Um, there are moments in someone's life where you can start to exhibit and have more psychic experiences. Um, if you ever watched like some of the old um, uh, Unsolved Mystery sh- uh, episodes and some of the older um, shows as well about psychic ability. And there was this one that I used to love watching and they don't have it anymore, but it was in the 90s. It was called Sightings. Um, I believe at one point they it's the sci-fi channel was carrying it, but it was on regular television. And I used to love that show. Love, 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 love Sightings because it really just got you caught up in a mystery or some sort of supernatural experience. And um, so there were always stories about psychics who were not psychics. They were just regular people like yourself and my, and like you and me who all of a sudden had this profound experience that changed their lives. And all after that, they were suddenly psychic. Um, there was one woman forgot her name, but she's a well-known psychic, um, detective. Um, and she was washing dishes and then she, the lightning hit the power lines or her home or the pipes or whatever. And she received a shock. And once she recovered from her electric shock, she started having psychic experiences. Um, I was reading a book a few days ago, um, about this woman who here in New Mexico, who had been suffering from what she believed were, were, um, alien abduction experiences, um, regardless of whether you believe in that or not, but it was such a shocking experience for her, her first time it, when it happened the first time for her. And then after that, she started having psychic experiences and she didn't know how the, you know, she didn't understand that. Um, I totally get that because, um, the moment that you have some sort of experience in your life that just completely shatters your boundaries of what's real and what's not is the moment that your guard is like brought down. In other words, you know, we all have this mindset. We all have these filters in our lives for what is real and what isn't, for what is make-believe and what isn't, etc. So when we have an experience that is so beyond normal or ordinary for us, it begins to automatically begins to bring down that barrier of reality and then we are more open and vulnerable and receptive to experiences that don't fit under that reality Um, and so it's pretty normal for someone to start having psychic experiences when they have a life altering perception of reality when something major happens like that so that's usually whenever someone suddenly becomes psychic and that's because their sense of reality has massively changed, but it's not like they are good psychics right away. It takes time and energy and understanding to really develop your ability to form um, a better grasp of it, to have more control. Um, because you, you know, there are people out there who are pretty amazing singers naturally. Um, but it's like what Linda Ronstadt said in one of her interviews, I think it was for good morning America where she said, you know, in order to really be good at your ability to, or in order for you to really be good at singing, you have to practice it, you know, six, seven hours a day, practice, 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 using it, trying to manipulate, trying to understand it. And I believe that 100% because that's what's happened for me. I was naturally very psychic um, as a child and growing up, but 
it didn't really, I didn't really get good until I started to practice it every single day on a regular basis for hours and hours and hours a day. Um, I think what really helped me to develop the most was taking that class with Pam, Pam Coronado, because she had, um, it was nice to get feedback from somebody who wasn't going to criticize you or judge you. It was a safe space to sense something from a very non-emotional place and just kind of look at it as a piece of information um, and data and then try to figure out what you're picking up on, what you're sensing. I think that was one of the best years of my psychic career is just taking that course because it helped me to like practice every single uh, week I had assignments that I had to practice sensing and then I would get feedback each week. So it was nice and, and I really appreciated that. I even did, I appreciated it so much. I decided to do one for my own, for my own audience. And I created a, a regular weekly class on Facebook that I was teaching and we were practicing exercises. We were doing the exercises every single week. So I think it really helped me understand my ability, how I sense things and what my, my, um, my potential was. So I think most people have unrealistic expectations because of the movie industry, because of watching TV, because of our, um, our sense of what it should look like or what it will be like. Um, I know, I remember when the sixth sense came out, you know, I was expecting to see spirits walking around with their heads smashed in. Um, I was expecting to, you know, have cabinet doors open up. I was expecting to have all these weird situations happen. And I didn't have any of that. I didn't, I don't see spirits walking around with their heads bashed in or with holes in their hearts or chests or anything like that. I don't, I don't experience that. For me, it's more of a mental process. Now I do know some people do experience that. And it typically tends to happen with people with, um, with like kids or children who are a little more open or receptive, whose sense of reality is skewed by kids programs and shows and you know marvel comics and the movies etc so their sense of reality is very different um and that makes them a little more open and more receptive to having like full-blown apparition like situations happening um but it's it's it, to, to continue to have that consistent type of psychic ability is unrealistic because as adults, we start to become more conditioned by the society around us, by culture, by, by TV, again, by movies and et cetera, as far as what's real and what's not, what is acceptable reality, what is not acceptable reality. Um, and I think Hollywood has really now made psychic ability and has kind of glorified it or changed it into like a superhuman ability or superhuman power. And it's not a superhuman power. It's a natural ability we all have. <clears throat> I'm always telling everybody that we are all psychic. We all have that ability to connect and to sense things beyond our normal physical senses. And um, it, it, it's sad that people have this weird idea that it's a superhuman ability. So they're expecting superhuman experiences and it's not like that at all. Um, there's also a big difference, I think, between what is consistent psychic sensing and shock value ability. Shock value ability, in my opinion, is whenever there's one moment in time where you have such a profound psychic experience or hit. And so the expectation is that it's going to be like that every single time. 
it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. Um, and I think for me, um, for a very long time, I was blocked from having further psychic experiences because I was expecting that shock value ability, that superhuman experience. And it was something that was way easier, way more normal and down to earth than that. And I think that's where some people get a little confused and they get kind of caught off guard with their sensing and with what they are experiencing because they may have a shock value experience um, where it's just this moment where the experience is so shocking to your system. It's so jarring and you just cannot believe that just happened. Um, And, and you'll, you can actually have more of those, but it's not going to be a regular occurrence. It's not going to be in every single time you're psychic. That's what it's going to be. Consistent psychic sensing is more subtle. It's more um, ongoing and it's, it's there constantly. And it's more about understanding the information through the different senses that you have, the different psychic senses that you have. Um, I think the more the, mo- the more common senses are five. There are five major psychic senses. There's the hearing, the seeing, the feeling, the tasting, um, just a precognition, which is just knowing. Um, I think there's the sixth one that most people don't really know about, um, which is more of a channeling type ability, where it's more you kind of em- em- embodying the experience or the moment or the 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 sensitivity of the energy that you're picking up on, whether it's like a moment in, in time that has been captured from uh, psychically an energy and you're tuning into that and kind of embodying that and channeling that through. Um, but that's also just like kind of stepping into spirit or stepping into, um, a, a person's energy and kind of picking up and tuning into that. And I think that's the sixth one that most people don't really know that we all have as well. Um, I think Paul is a good example. I mean, you guys don't know who Paul, Paul Selig, he is a well-known channeler. Um, and he considers himself like to be a medium, except not a medium of the deceased, but a, a medium of the living. Um, and so what he likes to do is he likes to step into a living person's being and sense and figure out and tune into energy and stuff. It's a, actually, it's a pretty amazing ability to have. I've had a session with Paul and I was blown away by how he was able to tune into my energy and my um, being in a way and and bring through some very deep um, stuff that had to do with like my childhood and stuff I've gone through personally. So it, there, there's that other ability that a lot of people aren't aware of. The consistent psychic sensing is an ongoing regular thing, and it's usually happening every single day. It's just a matter of how off, how aware are you um, about um, having that information going through your head. It's, I describe it in one of my classes. Um, for those of you who haven't um, checked out my class, you should check it out. It's on YouTube. It's free. Like I made it for myself because I wish I would have had someone teaching me this stuff as I've learned it over the many years. So I wish there was a resource or something like this. And although I'd taken classes, I'd read many books, I hadn't really found something as specifically detailed and as strategic in its ability to help me understand my psychic ability as my class. So that's why I created it for myself and for people who um, really need the help and want to kind of get away from this whole frou-frou like, oh, well, if you're not getting psychic hits, then your your spirit guide is mad at you or you're probably not good with communicating with angels or whatever. Like it takes it out of the realm of it. This you have to believe in this system or you have to believe in these um, um, certain types of spiritual concepts in order for it to work. No, it's going to work regardless. You have a psychic ability. Everybody does. It's going to work whether you care to use it or not. Some people are better at it, but 
it's there. So you can tap into it. You don't have to believe in angels. You don't have to believe in the spirit world concept. You don't have to believe in um, God or anything like this. You can use your ability. It's very it's very much of a separate thing from the spiritual ideas and the spiritual concepts that most people um, are are learning about or or trying to um, grasp whenever they're trying to take a psychic course by um, a spiritual medium or a psychic out there who's teaching it or who's written a book. So there's a difference between consistent psychic sensing and shock value. And I'm going to tell you what my top tips are for trying to develop your ability. And it's not going to be, I know people are like, I'm looking for that one thing that's going to say that I'm looking for that one switch that once I turn that switch on, my ability is going to work and it's going to work perfectly every single time. And if you're looking for that, you might as well just turn this off now because I'm going to give you real practical tips that are going to require you to put some work and effort into it. And if you're not willing to put work or effort into having and using your psychic ability, then this is a waste of your time because you're not going to get from me what you're wanting. So you might as well turn this off right now. But if you are actually interested in developing and being a a really good and, and um, exceptional sensor, then stick around because what I'm going to give you is going to be something that can help you and it's going to work for you and and your ability to evolve and to grow to the next stage. So hold on, we'll be right back. So tip number one that I have seen over and over and over again, that this tends to be the number one thing that helps people start to develop or even just become aware of their own ability is just mentally being open and intentional with wanting to be psychic. Um, Most people who become psychic or who start to develop psychically, this tends to happen accidentally or incidentally. It doesn't always it's not always a choice that's that they start off with for me i think what really got me opening to this was even though i had had some psychic experiences as a child i hadn't really remembered any of that and my my family will tell you my cousin who used to babysit me she's like you used to just sit and talk to this imaginary man and just by yourself and used to talk for hours and hours and hours um and we just thought he was your imaginary friend you know that said i don't remember any of that (laughs) i didn't even find out about that until later on when um when i started to develop and be more proficient at being psychic and then people were telling me yeah you know you used to talk to imaginary from like when why did no one ever tell me this you know this is something i would love love to hear um or that we had some psychics in our family in our in the in the, the female line of the family i'm like how am i just hearing about this and i've been doing this work for years now so it's it's pretty incredible when i hear stuff like that but being psychically open and being intentional is an important part of developing your psychic ability for me my first real eye-opening experience and what jarred me open, what's like split my my heart and my mind open to possibility was my kitchen experience. And I mentioned this in one of my earlier podcasts about how I had had these weird um, precognitive um, thoughts and feelings about a kitchen fire. And so I spent an entire week coming up with a plan of action on how to deal with a a kitchen fire if there was one, because this was just a thought in my mind. This was a question that I had randomly popped into my head one day. And then one week later, sure enough, there was a kitchen fire exactly as I had seen it the, the the week prior. 
And I was able to essentially save my own life because I had foreknowing of what was to come. And I had practiced a, a, a um, strategy for how to survive and how to deal with a fire if there was one. So that saved my life. And that was one of the most eye-opening and like life profound change, profound life-changing experiences of my life. But it opened me up in a way that I had never been open before. And it all started, I guess, with me watching like an episode of Star Trek Voyager, where there was a, a, a character in the, in the uh, series who had this special telepathic and, and psychic abilities. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. Like, I wonder if we have that potential. And just asking the question, just me being open to the idea is what led to the kitchen experience. And then that opened me further. So I think having an open mind and realizing that we all have this ability, it isn't just unique to one person, um, is important because once you start to believe that that this is possible, that you sensing things and not having, you know, uh, foreknowledge or being able to tune into something and get some pretty good detail, once you realize that that is possible, and it's not just a fantasy, it's not just a, 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 a cheap trick from Hollywood or, or a sci-fi movie, then what happens at that point is you are, by law of attraction, you're essentially opening yourself up, you're opening that door in your life to more psychic experiences, to more things that may happen that may line up with what you're intending, what you believe. So having that first, um, having that first moment where you just consciously understand that there's more, um, it's going to be a huge door opener for you. Um, but just also experiencing it or witnessing it with other people can also help you become more psychic as well. My partner has become more psychic, I believe, and because of just seeing and witnessing me doing what I do. So he's, once we got together and he started to see and witness my abilities, he started to exhibit more psychic abilities and he had, he started having more psychic dreams. And I believe that that's because I was proof for him. I was validation for him that you can do this and anybody can do this. And it doesn't take, it's not just a cheap part of trick. It's not just a magical sci-fi movie. So when you see something and experience it in that way, it really opens you up to more. So having that um, is important. I know people who have just watched psych like movies or cartoons or whatever and they believe it's possible start having more psychic abilities it's just it's the norm uh so that's i think the tip number one is start to be open to the fact that it's real that it exists and that people are psychic and that you can be psychic too and just having that belief is going to open you up just the belief itself is like a bridge and it builds these um it builds these structures in your brain in your mind that help you to receive more help you to make it more possible. It's kind of like, you know what, if this is possible, then I'm going to open, I'm going to lower the gate to that. And reality, as I've been taught, isn't really what I'm accepting anymore. And I'm going to accept that this is possibly a reality. And then as, as you do that, the gate comes down and you start opening to more um, potential ability. So that's number one, it's just believing and having faith in the fact that this is a real experience. This is a real natural ability for most people, for everybody, actually. And you can do it too. So that's number one. Um, number two is you have to create a headspace for it. And what I mean by headspace is a lot of the people that ask me about, you know, what they can do, because for some reason, every person that asks me this, they believe that their, their ability is unique or there's something very special and significant about them. And it's just very different from everybody else's. And I totally get that because we all want to be unique. We all want to be special. But um, 
really most people have the same experiences and I hear it over and over and over again from clients and from people who are wanting to develop. And what you must do is if you start to recognize, if you start to notice that you are being psychic or you're having more and more and more um, experiences, you have to create a space for it. And I'm not talking about a physical space. I'm not talking about having like a physical location of for your ability. I'm talking about like a headspace. In other words, you have to, if, if, if you have a musical ability, then you should spend some time singing. <laughs> you should spend some time practicing and singing. And that's creating a space for you to express yourself in that way. So for me, it's the same thing. For me, if you're, if you're recognizing you have a psychic ability and you have senses that are switching on, psychic six senses that are switching on, um, then you have to create an environment where you can use it um, and give yourself permission to use it because just waiting around for something to happen or waiting around for it to just turn on and to, for you to be like, Oh my God, I'm having a psychic flash. I'm having a second flash. Um, were you waiting around for that? You, you're just going to get disappointed because it's not going to work that way. So you need to create a space for it where you can use it, experience it and pay attention to it on a regular basis. This is why people really do um, promote meditation because the point of meditation and there's different types of meditation and all meditations are not the same, but meditation is essentially you like checking in with your brain and checking in with your, your what's in, what's on your mind essentially. And you're checking in with what's on your mind and you're paying attention to what's going through your head and what is being processed. Um, as you begin to pay attention to that, you start to notice little things you wouldn't have noticed before if you're just going through your day thinking your thoughts, right? So the moment you start to meditate, you are paying more attention. You're being more conscious of your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, and it's going to be more obvious to you if you're seeing or feeling something that is just um, different from what your normal thinking processes are. So creating a space will help you do that. Um, and it's, it's, it's called quieting the monkey mind. But meditation isn't the only way to get to that to get to that point as well. Um, there are different, and like I said, there are different types of meditations. Some people are more psychic when they're doing their chores, like when they're just going throughout their day, washing dishes, um, taking showers, you know, even sometimes people using the bathroom. Um, they're doing something that is kind of occupying their physical body and their mind is basically having the ability to just wander and do whatever. You don't have to think about anything specific. When you're at work, you probably have to think about work stuff. When you're dealing with people, you probably have to think about dealing with those individuals. So when you're going through your day, just doing chores or driving to work or whatever, and you don't have anything going on, that's kind of got you occupied mentally, your mind starts to wander. And as it starts to wander, it starts to, um, it's, you start to realize and notice some things going through your head that you may not have noticed in, in, in other parts of your day. Um, so for me, I think some of the most psychic moments uh, or some of the most um, uh, meditative moments for me are when I go hiking or when I go walking uh, each evening, because as I'm doing that, I'm, if I don't have anything that I'm listening to, cause sometimes I listen to podcasts when I'm walking, but um, if I'm not, if I'm not doing anything and I'm just kind of walking and just going with it, my mind is going to wander and my mind is going to just go wherever it wants to go. And as I do that, I become more aware of what I'm thinking. I become more aware of what I'm feeling. And once you start to pay attention and realize that some of the thoughts in your head are yours, some of them are not, some of them are actually you receiving information in a very subtle way, very, very subtle way, um, then you can start to practice 
paying attention to those moments where there is subtle information going through your brain. Um, and that's what that's what that's about is, is creating a headspace for sensing. So meditation is a good way to do it. Chores, you know, doing that as well. Walking for me, yoga for some people. Some people, I think sketching or drawing is another way to occupy themselves and they allow their minds to wander. So it changes from person to person and what's going to work for you. Um, but that that's what I would suggest is, is tip number two is you got to create a space for it so you can start to experience it and utilize it and practice it on a regular basis. So I'm going to get to tip number three when we come back. So tip number three, when it comes to developing your ability is to practice and record impressions. And it's important. I think this is super important because you need to have a way to go back and see what you're sensing, to understand what you're sensing. For me, because I don't really work or sense things outside of work, like when I'm not working with people or doing appointments, I'm not really focused on... um, sensing stuff psychically. So I don't need a place to record that. But sometimes when I'm feeling something and it's showing up and I'm seeing it outside of work, outside of my work time, I'll record it or I'll at least like write down a note or whatever. Sometimes I record videos. I think recently I recorded that video with the, the World Series and how I had been having some psychic impressions during some of my readings. And then I was picking up on some more stuff um, right before the 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 last game, and then I went ahead and made the video on there, and and there were some details that I totally was dead, dead dead correct on. There were some things I was totally off on, but I was able to sense quite a few um, pieces of information that related or correlated to the World Series. And so it's important, I think, to record and have a record um, and have a, 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 a way to go back and look at what you've done. And I always suggest to people that they have like a dream journal or they have a psychic journal where if you are feeling something about someone, something, um, or if you feel a certain way and you don't have to understand what you're feeling, you just have to be aware, then write it down and put a date on it. Because the moment that you do that, you are giving yourself a space to pay more attention to your little moments, little hits, little, 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 um, experiences that are not in your everyday awareness. And you can go back and and watch it. If you're, if you're sitting and watching the news and you're having thoughts about what's being talked about, or you're feeling a certain way, or you've got your own ideas, go ahead and just write it down and put a date on it. Because once there's clarity, or let's say down the road a week or two later or whatever, you see more, there's more information about the situation. You can go back and look at how you, how you were sensing stuff and in comparison to what actually was going on. Um, So I would suggest that because it'll help you keep an eye on what is coming through your head and how you're seeing things, how you're processing things. And it's about figuring out the meaning behind your frame of reference because everybody's going to see things differently. Um, And it's important for us to understand how we sense things. And I think that's the hardest and trickiest part about developing psychically. Everyone's going to receive insight in one way or another. Um, During some of the classes that we've had, I've had students where they, when we were doing the exercises and I was asking them to tune into stuff, they, they just said, I don't, I don't get anything. And it's, it's not because they're not 
getting anything, it's because their expectation for how it should come or for what they should get is affecting their ability to receive information. When you are, when you feel that your what you're about to say or what you're about to share is so important, or that you can't possibly be wrong, um, or there's no room to be wrong, or you you know what you say is going to prove yes or no, whether you're psychic or not. And if you're wrong, you're going to invalidate that you are and you're not psychic. I mean, if you are thinking that way or feeling that way, or you've built up a, a, a sense of pressure and stress around it, then you're basically setting yourself up for failure because what's happening at that point is you are essentially, um, building a block around your ability and you, your fear, your worry, your anxiety is going to keep you from seeing anything else that's really going to help you um, have more information. I That's what was what was part of my problem for 15 years. When I was a teenager, I used to be um, a reader and I would read for people. And I did a lot of readings for different people. But I had some really bad experiences with some of the people that I read for. And they just, they didn't appreciate what I had to share. Um, and they bashed me. And it really tore me down and it did a number on my self-esteem and confidence. And I got so upset over that, that I said, Oh, fine, I don't want to do this anymore. People are going to be this way to me. And it's not like a majority of the people I was reading were like that. It was just two people out of many, many people who were that way to me. But I didn't, I, I was younger. I didn't have a, a backbone. I didn't have a sense of, uh, of, uh, value and worth for myself. So it was easier to kind of be affected by that. But I had the experience and um, I just said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. This isn't, you know, this is this is how it's going to be with people. I don't want to do it anymore. And just the idea of that shut my ability down. And it took 15 years of me understanding why, because I, I thought God took this away from me. God took my ability away and, and, and I lost it. I lost it. I can't sense anything anymore. I can't feel anything anymore. Um, and it was because I had an expectation that I would be right every single time. And every single thing I said was going to be correct, um, or accurate. And that belief was the block. So when I took Reiki courses, like later on, um, in my earlier, uh, professional development years, I was having the same issue. Like I wasn't able to channel the energy as well. And I was like, why am I not able to channel this? Why am I kind of stuck and not? And I realized because I had this idea that I was going to be the next Jesus or that I was going to be healing people's like illnesses or, 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 um, illnesses or like, um, uh, symptoms and all that. Like I, I thought that I was going to, um, heal people 100%. And like, I was going to touch them and they were going to miraculously be 100% better. And that idea was the block because I expected it to be a certain way. And once I realized that, and I let go of control and I just allowed myself to be used all of a sudden, the, the channeling of energy through Reiki was there and it worked and it started to get stronger and amplify. And as that began to happen, then that's when my psychic ability switched back on and I started to sense things more than I had before. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is what the whole issue was this whole time. You know, the problem was that I was trying to control how I would be psychic and how good and how accurate. And I was trying to control every angle of that. And it blocked me. So if you are trying to do like a psychic exercise and you're trying to tune in and sense and you sense nothing, then it's 
probably because you're blocking it. It's probably because you have an idea or expectation for how it should be and you are not allowing yourself to be wrong. You're not allowing yourself to be human. You're not allowing yourself to just go with whatever comes and it not having to be a certain way. So I think that's that's going to stop you. So you got to be careful with that. Um, tip number four is avoiding uh, jumping to conclusions and trying to focus on the detail. This was a big issue that I struggled with as well, because if I got one little piece of information, I would jump to a conclusion and then typically the conclusion was wrong. Um, and people always, and I think this is because people always expect psychics to immediately know every single detail, every single thing and get every single thing right. Um, and I was focused on the story. So we sense details, we build a story around the details, and then we put that out there. The story is wrong, but the details were correct. Um, that's exactly what happened with the the World Series um, prediction that I made on uh, YouTube, where I had said, I had sensed this and this and this about the situation. So my I assumed or I was expecting that the Astros were going to win, and they didn't. But the details were correct. And that's a rookie mistake. And I still make, I still make rookie mistakes. Mistakes. I'm not perfect. Um, I still sometimes just completely take a piece of information and I, I kind of take a leap with it. I've gotten a lot better over it over the years. And I mean, the reason why I've gotten a lot better is because I took that, that, that class with Pam and that was her one, her number one thing is don't build a story. Don't focus on a story, focus on the details. So when I do readings now, that's exactly what I do. I pay exclusive attention to the details and I focus less on trying to tell somebody a story. So like when I'm doing a reading for someone, and I'm tuning into like a relationship, um, the energy of relationship in their lives, whatever details I'm picking up on, I go ahead and share the details. I don't try to make a assumption or, or, or try to make a, um, try to create a story around it because sometimes the story will be incorrect. I remember years and years ago, I had this one client and she, I think she lived in California and she had been dating this guy and they, you know, had a really intense relationship and they had kind of split. And so she called me up and she wanted to know, I thought they were going to get back together. And what I tuned into, as soon as I tuned into her energy and the energy of that was I saw her interacting with someone in California. And I saw this, this guy, um, being completely in love with her. And I was like, okay. And then I saw this guy, um, um, having her move in with him and then he proposing to her and then, then getting married. And it was such an obvious, like solid impression for me. So that's what I saw. So I assumed that this is who she was talking about. And so I, I created a story and I said, Oh no, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. You know, he's completely in love with you. And I think that, um, I think that he's going to ask you to move in with him. And then shortly thereafter, he's going to, you know, propose to you. You guys are going to get married. You're going to be living in California. And at this, at this point she was in Texas and he was in California. And, uh, sure enough, like two weeks later, she's like, well, we didn't get back together and we're done, done. Like he hasn't, he doesn't want anything to do with me. And I was like, I don't understand. Like that doesn't make sense to me. How can I have seen that so clearly in my psychic sensing and felt so strongly about this? Um, and I saw it around the holidays because I kept seeing certain holiday uh, uh, reminders. So it made me feel like this was going to happen around a holiday period. Um, so that didn't work out. They did not stay together. Um, but then two months later, right around November, they um, she met a new guy also from California. And he fell like head over heels in love with her. And 
asked her to move in with him. So she moved and relocated to California. And like a couple of months after that, the, he, he, um, he proposed to her and they got married and she, that, that, that happened. So I, automatically assumed it was the person that she was talking about because I had seen those details. So I created a story around it was going to be this guy. It turned out it wasn't this guy. It was someone else. So had I just stuck to the details and said, I'm not sure, but this is how I feel and this is what I'm seeing. So I'm assuming it's this guy. If it's not, then it might be somebody else. Um, but I, I should have stuck to the details unless to creating a story around this person she was dating and wanting uh, the answers around. So now, like whenever I'm doing a reading, whenever I see something like that and um, the relationship dynamic does not match up to what I'm seeing, I usually tell someone like, because I learned that from those experiences. I learned that I said, mm, I don't know, but here's what I'm seeing. I feel like once you get to February, something's changed or something's different because I'm seeing a lot of love around you at that time. And I feel like something's going to move very quickly. So one or two things is going to happen. Either the person you're with right now, who you're asking about is going to do a 180 degree turn in their mentality and in their approach in this relationship. And this is going to become what I'm, what I'm describing or someone new is popping into the picture. Um, because you just, you don't always know who it's going to be. And that has happened sometimes where someone does a complete 180 and they're in a very different mind space and they, they are approaching it differently. Um, so I try to focus more on the details. And I think that's what I learned from taking that class with Pam because she was exclusively on like focus on details, focus on details, focus on details. So I think that's the number one thing I've taken away from psychic ability is don't, don't make a story up in your head. Don't try to spin things in a way that don't make sense, that makes sense for you because they don't have to make sense. You don't, you know, if you're looking at a puzzle and you got like five pieces and it's like a thousand piece puzzle, you might not be able to figure out what the puzzle is supposed to be, but you can describe the little details. You can describe, oh, look, there's a little puzzle piece here and it's got a dog in it. So I believe there's a dog in the picture. And look over here, there's a flag in the picture um, of the American flag. So I believe that there's a flag in the in the picture. So this might be a place or might be a location that has a dog that has a flag. So it's more about focusing on the pieces of the puzzle and not trying to bring the puzzle together so that you can kind of tell a story. Um, the, the more you focus on the details, then you can expand on what you think, what you feel. Um, and it's usually going to be more accurate than if you're trying to just like take three or four pieces and then you create a story. Oh yeah. Well, this dog, you know, the dog went to the store and it saw a flag on the shelf and it grabbed the, the, the flag on the shelf and now it's running down the street with this flag and people are chasing the dog like that's a story when you look at the actual puzzle it's just like you know the fourth of july and everybody's outside the dog's outside you know playing with kids and the flags on the pole you know it's a completely different thing from what you think I had a, in the earlier days when I was developing with Pam, I had a, a, a woman who was also a psychic who I kind of become friends with and she was taking the class with me. And one of our first ex 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 
exercises was kind of tuning into a missing persons case and trying to figure out like the the not a missing persons I'm sorry but the a, like a criminal case where we were tuning into a murder mystery and it was already solved we didn't know that but we were just given a picture and we had to tune into what was happening around this and I remember this female she sensed a lot of very specific details about this particular case but she created this whole story around the details and the story was drastically different from just the details so once we knew more about the story and we knew what actually happened to this woman she felt like a fool and she felt like well you know this class is no good for me it's not going to help me and you know this is just a, a pain this is wrong and i got this totally wrong and i'm like are you crazy like you got so many specific details your story mouth your story mind was the wrong it was what was the mistake you shouldn't have made a story around this you should just focus on the detail and don't worry about making it making up a story um but she just walked away from that and she felt defeated and she didn't come back to the class and i was like wow the amount of growth and development she might have been able to do in that course had she just focused on the coursework and on the on the material instead of having this idea that she has to be this like world-renowned psychic and have every single thing right and if it's not right then the story's wrong or whatever so focus on the details right um number five and i think this is the the most um interesting tip for developing your psychic ability is that not all of your experiences in the beginning are going to be happy or fun. Um, I've had some psychic experiences where they were just traumatizing. My first few experiences were absolutely horrifying and traumatizing. I was having dreams of babies being microwaved um, in, in, by their father who wanted to silence them because they were crying so much. I mean, these are like horrific dreams that I was having. But and, and many times, sometimes when we see things and they're, they, you know, we think we were supposed to do something and we're supposed to, you know, make a change or go out there and do something. Not necessarily when you open up psychically, because this is, we grew up as people, most people, we're kind of negative centric. We're, we're kind of taught like whenever someone asks you, Hey, how's your day going? Most of us are taught to, we're conditioned through example to complain and we complain about whatever. So we focus on the negatives. We focus on what's not working, what's wrong, what's this, what's that. We don't, we're not really trained or we're not conditioned to, to, pay attention or focus on the positives. So for most of us, when we are having our first psychic experiences, they're going to be a little bit scary, a little traumatizing. They may be very confusing because you are not prepared to deal with negative supernatural experiences outside of your, your normal sense of what's real and what's not. So you're, you might have some negative experiences at first. And a lot of people like to clump together and, um, like, create stories around the negative experiences they've had. Um, there was this one woman where I went to her home and I was doing a walkthrough checking the energy because they thought that they were haunted and there was a demon in their home. Um, when I walked through, I kept picking up on places around the house that had a lot of intense emotional energy. Some of it was around the, the kitchen sink and kitchen stove. Some of it was in the bedroom. Some of it was in on a spot near the, you know, in the living room. And it turns out that in that home, this, you know, the mother who lived there, she just was a very emotional person. And sometimes she would get upset or sometimes she would get angry, but she wouldn't talk about it. So she would go to these spots, go make dinner or be sitting on the couch and she would just fester and fester and fester. So that's why there were these intense periods or places that had this kind of energy. And so the other girl in the house who, who I was there to kind of 
look into. She had, um, she was very psychic and people who are very psychic tend to have more um, supernatural experiences happening around them because we're, they're kind of like batteries that are flipped on, on and um, the battery's not under any kind of control. It's just kind of going off. And so if someone is going through a rough time or a tough time, or they're having a lot of drama in their life, et cetera, psychic people tend to put out more energy. And so you combine that with these pure, these places in the home that are intensely energetic and emotional stuff from the past. Um, and then you have all this other stuff. You have maybe a random spirit pop in and saying hi or whatever people, they decided that all of these things were together were the same thing. And that this was a demon. And when I walked in, I'm like, no, your mom needs to talk about her problems. She's probably not sharing or communicating and she's festering and she needs to stop it because it's building up the energy in these areas of the house. You as a psychic, you need to get better at maintaining a balance emotionally because your emotional imbalances are going to create more havoc supernaturally. And you might have random experiences that you don't understand, but yet you're going to assume they're demonic because they, in conjunction with you feeling these places in the house that are deeply emotional, and then you've got spirits saying hi. And so y'all are just making a story up out of a bunch of different things happening in the same home. Um, and people have a, ha have a habit of doing that, but there were negative experiences and they were like, they were building up the story around these experiences. And it wasn't, it was just confusing. They didn't have an understanding of psychic footprints where there's energy footprints in certain areas and places and time. They didn't understand any of this. They had no um, foundation for knowledge of, of how supernatural and psychic experiences happen, which is part of the reason why I made this class because I wanted to give people a better understanding of this stuff so that they don't make assumptions and assume, oh my God, I'm haunted or there's a demon around me because people love to do that, right? Um, and some of people people do it because they want the attention or because they want to make themselves feel like, Oh my God, the devil's behind me. I'm like, okay. Um, uh, like really, like <laughs> really like, uh, I think the, the devil has better things to do if there were a devil. So I don't think that you're that important that you've got to be the number one focus for the devil on the planet earth. You know, let's get, let's get real people. So, but people are going to have negative experiences. So if you are coming from a negative, if you just grew up in that mindset, you're going to naturally have, um, more negative experiences at first. And then once you get more comfortable with it, once you kind of get more um, control of your ability, you're going to start to see that you're not just having negative experiences. Now, most of my experiences are positive. I don't have as many negative experiences, but I'm also not, I'm not a negative minded person. Like I focus more on positivity. I focus more on what's working, what, what we can do. I try to focus more on the good things and not the bad things. And that's shifted my own um, alignment with what I'm experiencing more often. I still have negative psychic experiences, but I have an understanding of it and I'm not so fearful because I understand what tends to happen sometimes. So, um, so real desire takes real work, um, and criticism can stop you. So if you are really wanting to develop yourself, try using these tactics, try to create a space, try to pay attention to what you're feeling, what you're sensing, what you're thinking, um, try to get it down on paper as often as possible. And people are going to criticize you. People are going to say, well, psychics are, they don't exist. It's all, you know, crap until they have a psychic experience and they want everybody else to pay attention to them, um, which tends to happen sometimes. But uh, cri 
don't don't worry about criticism. As you're practicing and developing your abilities, people are going to criticize you. People are going to want to say this or that, and you just kind of have to let it. Like, okay, whatever. You do you. I'm going to do me. Um, but real desire takes real work. And in order for you to develop as a psychic and be proficient at it, you're going to have to use it regularly, willingly, intentionally. And the more you use it, the better you get. It's just. And that's the number one thing you should take away from this podcast. If you take nothing else is there's no magic pill. You're not going to be a professional, great psychic overnight. You need to develop and practice your ability and practice it regularly because that's going to make you better and good at what you do. Um, If you're not willing to do that, then do not expect to get as much, um, do not to to get as much accuracy and do not expect that you're going to be good often because if you're just waiting for moments where you're having psychic hits, you might get some really interesting experiences and details, but to be able to do it at will, not going to happen. You've got to intentionally focus on using it regularly. Thanks everyone for energetically tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more then like share and review my show on your podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and check out my website at www.fernandomarone.com. That's F-E-R-N-A-N-D-O-M-A-R-R-O-N.com. And you can find more additional content, updates, articles, and more. Thanks so much, guys, and I will see you next time. I hope you guys have a namaste.